coming to Coffee FM Excellent and thank you very much for joining us. Uh, good evening to you, my brother. Good evening to all the listeners. Now, I'm you, excited to be here. You are a man that wears many hats. Um, you you write books, you speak, you do so many things. And one of the reasons why we saw it fit to have you on the show is because this feature that you're talking about, which is called It's a Men's World, is basically where we promote honest conversations about, among ourselves as men around a number of issues that affect us financially, emotionally, intellectually. And I think as, as you join us tonight, let's begin the conversation first by talking about the books that you've written and a brief detail just as to what each book talks about. Wow, no, thank you so much. Um, so I've got five books. The first one is called uh, I'm a Success Addict. That was my first book written uh, in 2012. It's more of um, a, a motivation book. I think that's a kickstarter for me. That's a book that made me discover the importance of personal development. Uh, the second book is called I Interviewed God. The 21 questions I've been meaning to ask God. Now, this is a beautiful book that talks about that challenges some of the views we have about God versus religion. Mm-hmm. Beautiful 21 questions penned down. It's a book I wrote uh, just after I had lost my mother. So it, it really just starts with me revealing the pain and, you know, just giving a path on how we can start our personal healing. Uh, the third book is called Apology Accepted. A very intense and very emotional book that deals with the emotional healing of a person. Uh, sometimes we just have to accept an apology that will never and has never been given to us in order for us to access our healing and our happiness. Uh, I'm talking about forgiving yourself, forgiving others, and forgiving life. The fourth book is called Promotion. It's a workbook. Uh, for those who are looking out to be in the corporate world where we do a lot of training with companies on making sure that when you are at a job, you are not mediocre. Mm-hmm. And uh, of course, you know the latest one, uh, The Reborn, the book written after I had met my face <laughs> that I co-authored with her. It's called The Kingdom Couple. The 21 questions have been meaning to ask about relationship. Amazing 21 questions. Honesty conversations in it. It's a beautiful book. I think of, of all the books that you've talked about, one that interests me is the one, in fact, it's two of those where you're talking about vulnerability, where you have to go back and deal with certain events of the past and just be vulnerable as a man. And I'm saying that because we're going to be talking about the attitudes that men have towards marriage. And I would imagine that one of the prerequisites to getting into that kind of space is to first be able to be to yourself and with yourself. What would you say is the importance of uh, being vulnerable first with yourself as a man before you can even transition to the other side? Yeah, look, whether you're a man or you're a woman, I think the, the very first secret of, um, of awareness, of development, is discovering your identity. <laughs> and we can never discover our identity without having an intimacy with ourselves. <laughs> Being able to, to understand, to live outside social education, being able to say, this is what society has taught me, but what is it that I'm going to get from it and what is it that I'm, I'm going to learn from it? So you, the, the, you, you definitely, the first thing to do as a human being, the very first thing when you become aware 
of the information and the knowledge you have is to be very very broken with yourself and begin to master each and every piece that makes who you are <laughs> now a lot of us tend to skip that part because i mean when you're talking about it at this point you're talking about it as if to make it sound easier and romantic but being to yourself and facing yourself are some of the most difficult things anyone can ever do but let's look at the the process that happens before one can get to a point where they say i want to get married what is the importance of going through all those things the premarital counseling and all those other elements even in terms of how you handle your finances what is the importance of that preparatory process I, I love I love what Lyndon truly said. Uh, if if you're not preparing your, you know, for the future, you are definitely preparing for to repay. You know, mm-hmm. preparation is very important. It's, it's very vital. Um, the, the institution of marriage, marriage has a way of uh, <laughs> of exposing you. Mm-hmm. Marriage is like going into an exam room without studying. Now you can pray all you want. <laughs> you you can read the question all over again all you want you but ultimately there's always a question waiting for you to answer it and if you have not prepared marriage has a way of exposing your ignorance mm-hmm. it has a way of exposing your weaknesses it has a way of you so pre-marital uh, you know counseling starts with yourself you need to understand what this marriage thing is about mm-hmm. You, you, you get it. I, you need to be able to know what are you getting yourself into. Do you have the grace to get into this institution called marriage? Mm-hmm. So, so it's very important because one way or another, one way or another, you are going to get into a space, an emotional space, a spiritual space, and a mental space, a physical place that will expose your preparation or your lack of preparation in this marriage and so premarital counseling helps us so that when we get into that space we don't have that emotional shock mm-hmm. or spiritual shock or mental shock when everything begins to unveil themselves right in front of you and now talking about preparation how how does a person prepare without necessarily making marriage the center of everything around their lives if you are planning to get married, there is no preparation without making marriage the center of your life. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think let, let's have an honest conversation because what has what is causing so much, um, you know, debate about marriage is the fact that people want to get into this institution of marriage without fighting with the principles that hold this institution together. Mm-hmm. And, and 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 so people want to to get into marriage and 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 still want to exalt their, themselves. The process of getting into marriage comes with dying to self. Hmm. And that's just it. So there's no way you are going to get into this institution of marriage and say and separate yourself from it as a center because ultimately. There are three energies that must hold on to this institution for it to survive, or else it will remain as an institution, but it will eject you out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you, you need to be able to understand there is you, there is your partner, and there is, of course, the source and, and the creator of this institution, which is God. The moment you do not adhere, you do not hold on to this principle, it's like going on top of a building and saying, 
let me see if I can fly. It's, there's a principle holding, and that principle is called the law of gravity. So is marriage. There are things that govern it, and one of it is you cannot live in the institution of marriage individualistically. Now, one, one of the things that make this generation to be very skeptical about even entering into the institution or entering into the institution wholeheartedly, giving everything of themselves to the other, is the, mm-hmm. is the high divorce rates and just the whole negativity around it that might perhaps be coming from how other married people are conducting themselves and how other marriages are performing as far as their exposure is concerned. Mm-hmm. Do you honestly think that this institution that you're talking about can survive this pessimism of our age? Most definitely. I think, look, look, we need to be able to look at some of the illusions that every generation comes with. Mm-hmm. You know, we, today we start and think, you know, we call ourselves the millennial or whatever generation. And we, 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 we do not have enough power to change the laws of creation. Mm. Marriage as an institution does not need uh, a single generation to build it or a single generation to break it. Marriage will always, we are going to vanish as a generation and marriage will still be there. So what we are experiencing now, I think we have an illusion like this is first hand. You know, this is the first time this is happening. Every time, it's beautiful when we are talking about marriage and when we get invited to talk about the subject of marriage. One of the greatest things that has held even our marriage, myself and Faith, together is the understanding that when we are the two of us and we are fighting, mm-hmm. there's this illusion like this is a unique problem we are facing. And when we meet with different couples, you realize, oh, <laughs> so it's you are also fighting about the same thing. It's a universal oh, problem. And then you realize mm-hmm. it's not a chronic problem that you're facing. It's something common because you have to adjust. And, and your system is resisting that adjustment. You just need to look at how you work around it. Now, one, one of our listeners has just sent in a message trying to understand when you're talking about this whole preparatory framework before you get married and they're asking, they say please ask, um, I just want to know his take on marriage out of community of property with the current state of marriages and the legal implications is it wiser to marry out of community of property or is it not wiser to do so but also how can you try to avert the offensiveness of it to some of the people like theologians who deem, for example, getting married out of community of property as unbiblical. And then she goes on to say, if a man loves his woman, then he should he should always have her best interest at heart. And if one of those best interests, uh, she's asking if you love a person, are you not going to allow them to marry you out of community of property with an equal <laughs> system? And basically, that's the crux of the message. She's trying to get to the point where she's saying, should we get in or out of community of property? You see, um, so the, the, the thing is, um, when you define love as a feeling, you always have a problem with uh, the legalities of marriage. Mm-hmm. Uh, love is a decision, a logical one. You need to be able, if you are able, if you have the ability to wake up every morning looking at the same face, no matter what you did yesterday, no matter who else you saw yesterday, no matter no matter who your crush is, if you are able to wake up every morning look at, looking at the same face and then making this intentional decision to say, 
till death do us part kestile mm-hmm. ketile there's no problem with you being able to sit down with your partner and saying baby you are my partner in crime let's make this happen mm-hmm. uh in or out of property you look at the dead uh rate that is in the in the country i mean it is just wise to be able to talk about these finances because you say that the problem if you are not able to talk about these things logically without involving your feelings which anyway are fed off anytime they want to you will find yourself facing marital problems unnecessarily because mm-hmm. you chose to go for a feeling you know so in in, in the nutshell you you need to have that communication the communication should be too strong enough for you to be able to make a decision and say okay i i don't i, I don't want to get into debt problem one of us should not get into debt problem what if another one of us gets into debt problem no no the other one must be able to come in and save another that's what being a helper means that's mm-hmm. what me being a provider means then that decision becomes easy now one of our listeners is also saying because we asked the question on our social media platforms to say mm-hmm. why are you still single what are you waiting for as a man why are you unmarried and he He said that he's still trying to consolidate in his own words consolidate his dreams now i want you to get to this point when you're trying to juxtapose the point of knowing as a man whether or not you want to be with this woman but also even the whole myth if it's a myth of saying that you have to get to a certain level first before you can get married does marriage in any way alter or deter anyone from accomplishing their dreams <laughs> um I think I think the best way I wish we had enough time I think the best way we need to talk about um if in all honesty is that our 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 generation is on a panic button because we we have not truly come out to say marriage is not for everyone. Mhm. There are people who uh, I, I love there's I love one of my mentors is Jesus Christ. I love what he said. He said some of you have have not been given the grace to live a marriage life in the book of Matthew. Mm-hmm. And meaning marriage is not for everyone. And and this is what our generation need to understand. Um and coming back to that question, I I I I was crazy. I mean, I was crazy just in 2010. I used to say to myself, I'm going to have a mansion, I'm going to have my dream cars and I'm going to have a wardrobe filled with my wife's clothes before she comes in and when I get married, my woman will only walk in with a handbag mm-hmm. so that if she decides to walk out, she can walk out with her handbag. Mm-hmm. And, and did that work for you? Uh, I met Faith on a picture and I knew she's my wife. Every ask any married person mm-hmm. we men men we know this we know that when we approach a woman we are very objective and we are very intentional we look at a woman coming our way we know this one i want to have sex with her or no man this is the mother of my children or my this is my wife we men are very intentional when we look at a woman we know what we are looking for in a woman no. so there's no myth here mm-hmm. when you meet the one you meet the one you everything changes uh, in in the book i uh, the, the kingdom couple we talk about if your man that you are dating right now is stingy financially or is absent emotionally no, that's not his character wait until he meets the woman of his dream And then when All he, that changes because, <laughs> because the, when the, the, the heart <laughs> of a man is attached to love, mm-hmm. he will make sure 
he will make sure. Look, I'm, I'm starting to squeeze as many questions as possible because we have only four minutes right. left. So I, yeah. I'm trying to get to this point then because we say that men know. How do you reconcile knowing that this is faith and this is the woman of your dreams vis-a-vis saying how much time do you need to get to know her? How do you balance between the two so that the immediacy of the knowledge does not then lead to the impulse of decision-making? All right. All right. So when it comes to knowing each other, let me just break it down. So you have to know each other mentally, you have to know each other emotionally, you have to know each other spiritually. The word know is, is, is divided into a lot of meanings. So mentally, this is a place where you have to go on a date and you have to have conversations. You need to be able to see each other. But then emotionally, this is where you, you understand your compassion. This is where there's a lot of people who say, I'm attracted to broken people. Because the thing with emotional emotional knowledge, we are attracted to who we are. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's for another day. Then spiritually, uh, this is this happens after marriage. Look, I've dated with faith for seven years. And when we got married, the first three weeks were hell. I, I looked at my wife, she looked at me, and it's like we don't know each other. Mm-hmm. Because knowledge comes in dimensions. So if you are waiting to know a person completely in, in, in dating before you get married, please be prepared because when you, the moment you say, I do, I do, and you go to your honeymoon, it, it's different people because the process of dying to self begins right there. Look, it, it's no secret that we live in changing times. And when you're looking at gender relations, when you're looking at gender roles, things are changing. Women in let's say, you know, 20 years from now, women are going to be in a very better space compared to men, I think. When you're looking at the statistics that are coming out from universities, the number of women that are graduating is always higher compared to the number of men. Now, when when we're looking at that and we're projecting into the future, do you think, as men, that we are psychologically prepared and trained to catch up with these developments and what kind of a man do you think will will survive and cope the woman of the future the one that is empowered the one who is more educated and doesn't even need any material provision from the man the man who knows himself i think we are getting into a generation we, we, we are getting into the uh, into a dispensation where um manhood is no longer about material achievement. Mm-hmm. Manhood is, uh, is, 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 a, is, is a mentality. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and for us to be able to do that, unfortunately, we are a fatherless generation. We need that the man that's going to handle this woman we are seeing today is a man who is willing to learn. A man who, if, if you've not grown up with a father, you need to look for a mentor, you need to look for a life coach so that you are able to understand that this woman um, can provide materialism for herself. Mm-hmm. You need to be present emotionally. And now we're going back to the first question we started with. You need to be able to understand the, the purpose of marriage. We need to be able to understand that without being in the presence of God, coming back to the original intent of divinity uh, about marriage, mm-hmm. This, this thing is not going to work. So it's, it's a man who is willing to go on his knees, break himself down vulnerably in the presence of God, understand what this woman is, what her influence can do for his life, what is his, the purpose of this woman coming in, and also being able to understand and being aware of his manhood, understanding that emotional breakdown does not mean you are weak as a man. 
Look, I think that's we, why the woman is there to help. I think we can keep you the whole night just talking about this. I'm looking at my script and there's so many questions that I still feel like I need to ask you. But unfortunately for now, we have to leave the conversation here. But before we close, can you remind us where people can find you on social media and also how they can go about in acquiring any of your books? Um, so I'm um, on Facebook. Uh, we have uh, the page, the Kingdom Couple page. Just go there and like the Kingdom Couple page. Uh, our personal pages, Axon King Mwami uh, on Facebook, Axon King on Instagram, and uh, Axon King on Twitter. Uh, you know, just DM, send those messages if you need any of our books, and we will definitely make sure that you get them wherever you are in South Africa within five days.